Hey. We are looking for investors, guys. If you're a rich investor and you have no clue what to do with your money, I got you. I know. I, I'll we, put it to good use. Yes. I swear. Yes. <laughs> What is up, Crazy Cuber gang? It is over-inspected. Back at it again. This is episode seven. I'm your co-host, I'm the main host, I guess, for today, Manu. And we got the two co-hosts, the one and only Carrie and Michael. How's it going, oh, boys? Oh, man, I'm just a co-host this time. It's okay. Oh, next big next dog, episode, next episode dog. you'll be the main host. Don't worry about it. Next it'll episode, be, you'll be main okay. host, Carrie. It'll, yeah. it'll be good. Wow. It'll be good, dude. Anyway, next, next episode's gonna be the real one. The real one. Oh, oh. This is just a warm up. This isn't yeah. the real deal. Yeah, look look forward to the next episode, everyone. When Shots Carrie's fired. gonna steal all. Pressure that I gotta make my episode shine. Yeah, exactly. This episode. I, I'll tell you what the next episode is about. Usually we don't know what the next episodes are about, but the next episode, Carrie will reveal all about his YouTube career and all of his secrets. What? Yeah, I don't oh. recall us talking about this during it's the on, It's on the storyboard. Session. It's on the storyboard. Oh, it's a tell-all. It's Wait, a is we, it actually... we wrote it on the storyboard. Okay, now, now I'm like, I'm. <laughs> it's on, it's on <laughs> the storyboard. So you have it's to. On the storyboard. <laughs> if I have to, I have to. But you know, yeah. if I'm the big host, it'll it'll be good. It'll be good either way. Okay, okay, that's that's good to hear. Anyway, no, yeah. but I, yeah, okay, I mean, this ahead. is just classic. No, this is just classic because, like, I, I mean, this is we joke around, but. We know Carrie for just being Carrie. And yeah. so it's just, I always found it like, I always tell Carrie, like, whenever we're at a comp together, like, dude, I don't, I don't know that you're this guy that people watch videos on. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, you've told me that all the, like, uh, you are always not available to do something because kids are constantly asking for your autograph. And I'm like, isn't oh. this the guy that I'm just competing in Mega Minx with? <laughs> like, I, I think that only happened once. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, cubing's really good because, you know, we're all just doing the same thing. And yeah, yeah, like, you know, I don't speak cube, like, to get famous. It's just fun to, to like, try to... Hell yeah. I can get behind We're just that. cubers. We're just cubers. <laughs> yeah, it's just in our blood. We're all, we're all cubers at the end of the day, aren't we? Uh, that's, that's a deep life lesson. Anyway, let's get on to the uh, the main topic of this episode, um, where I think today we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, how competitions are currently run and a little bit about how, actually the main main focus of the episode is really going to be on how competitions could look like in the future. I remember in one of the episodes we talked about, you know, what competitions will look like on Mars, probably not that far into the future. <laughs> we're going to reel it back a little bit. Maybe, you know, look at competitions in the next, like, five years, ten years, you know, things like that. But more normal things. You know, when you ask in a, get asked in a job interview, what what do you use, what is your life going to look like in the next 20 years? No one has any idea. But he, today, we will reveal all. Give a little mm. bit of insight of, uh, as to what will happen next. So, yeah. yeah anyway. So, yeah, I mean, recently, like, with, you know, with COVID and stuff, there have been things like online competitions. And you know, they've been, like, you know, reasonably successful, right? Like... There was, you know, we did Twisty Puzzle Cup uh, in 2020, and Cubing at Home was uh, very, very successful as well. Plus, you know, Laser Monkey has been running his own uh, Monkey League. That, 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 that one is a bit more of an invitational, I guess. But uh, I think I remember at the time, there were a lot of people that were interested in online competitions. And they're like, oh, online competitions are the future. So today, let's discuss. What do you guys think? Are online competitions the future of WCA competitions? Yes or no? I don't think so. Okay, maybe that's too strong of a statement. Okay, no, okay. go, go, no, explain. I, yeah, yeah. I, I all feel for like it. I'm we've all, for all it. like had the sentiment that 
the thing that makes competitions feel like they matter is that you're physically there in person. And like, if you mess up, those results that you get are going to be in the record book and, and like, you can't do them again. So, it, you know, I think some people don't like the fact that they get nervous and perform worse because their hands are shaking. But I feel like that's kind of an it's part of the game, right? Part. It's part of the game. So if it's all online, I mean, you could still get nerves in an online competition, but it's different because, you know, you could claim your Wi-Fi glitched or you, you don't have those eyes watching you like in, in the flesh. So I it just see. doesn't feel, doesn't have the comp feel to it. Wait, so one thing that you said is that like, it's not, it doesn't feel like official, but like, I guess like what I'm trying to ask is like, what if like, do you think the, do you think like cube competitions, like official competition should move online? So then there would be no, there'd be no like nonsense, like, oh, these are not official solves. You still think that like the, like the nerves is like a key part that a cuber needs to like overcome. I mean, I guess I'd have to like, figure out how, how are they determining that this scramble you have and this solve you're doing right now is the only one that's going to count because you know I, I still feel like discord could glitch out and you could just claim that oh i really got a five but the the camera turned off or i don't know there just feels like no way to actually make sure that no kids are cheating and no one's like tampering with yeah so like like the logistics seem very difficult to undertake yeah that i can get behind chai you got any thoughts yeah um so is the future of competitions online uh i, I think this question is like loaded because there's a couple different like pieces that i wanted to tackle just within just within this question there's a couple more questions that i think i want to answer or go into you know what i mean it's like the tree of life of just questions um but to just to go from the first one no so no i don't think keeping competitions online format is the future um by itself what i think the future of cubing competitions will look like is some sort of hybrid um and i am a believer of this because in a previous episode we did discuss how the in-person competition and how it was nice for your general cuber the positive experiences that come from it all of that is valid and that's where we immerse is the right word immerse we it's like it's like an immersion program to get everyone into the community and see so for everyone that i talk to who's like a cuber like it's always a positive experience to go to these competitions to compete to make friends and just have a good time be staff right all of that is like really really fun and engaging um and i don't think that should ever go away um but what i do think more the future might have to change is potentially like how we consider you know uh the the really really competitive side of cubing can be uh, i'm not really saying if solve should be official or anything but i can imagine a future of cubing where we have a separate score system so for me right now in a regular wca competition mm. um you have an average of five best average of five wins right and then make the next round make the next round and have the best average of five in the final round and you win right and there are even some competitions where you do an average of five but you do it head to head and i think that's a great start and i think that's really fun and competitive right now the problem with it's not a problem um i just don't think the current format is conducive for pure competition 
if that makes sense. Like just straight head to head, uh, kind of like sports like. Yeah, more more of a spectator sport. More of a spectator sport, right? And then we, you know, we've gone into like what makes it a spectator sport, what makes it good or bad. I, I mean, again, my favorite spectator event is four by four, for example. But I remember you saying that. yeah, um, what I think, if we could change the format of how results were recorded, maybe instead of an average of five, maybe how many wins they got versus another person. For example, just being yeah. really creative with how a competitive format will look like. The reason why I say online competition is in the future is exactly the reasons uh, that Carrie mentioned. I just think logistically it's too challenging and we can go into why in a bit, but as a, as a matter of, we could still translate that, like what Monkey League did, but we could do it in person. Uh, there's no one yeah. stopping you. It's just a matter of like, how would you do it? On what scale do you do it, right? And then who's gonna watch, right? Um, yeah. And you don't even need cameras or anything, but it's just the idea, if you put Monkey League in person, right? And then you had its own scoring system. And what if I renamed some competitions for you? How about I said, uh, Cubing USA uh, Rubik's Cube Convention. Mm -hmm. And then I said, Rubik's Cube, oh. Rubik's Cube World Championships. It sounds different now. Yeah. Because the way that US Nationals is, for example, and not just US Nationals, but just an, a comp competition of that scale. It's a convention and you compete, right? And that's the experience and that's great. But what if we kept that, but then had world championships, the Olympics, right? For example. Yeah, I see. So it's like, okay, yeah. I see. So I guess like one way to move towards something like that. And I guess Monkey League is sort of like this. It would be something like either an invitational basis or you would have like some sort of like some sort of qualifiers. I mean, Worlds are Worlds already has some qualifiers, and I think Nats mm -hmm. also has qualifiers. But in this case, what you're saying is that it could be like more strict qualifiers, like number of wins, or you know, or, or maybe just some metric that we haven't even thought of yet. But some way to kind of like narrow down the competitor field so that we can do maybe more like head-to-head -head type events. Is that kind of what you're going for? Uh, yes. But I did want to elaborate a little bit. Like I'm just kind of going off my head right now. But the qualifiers, it probably would look something like results from actual normal local competitions or convention type competitions, like your typical competition. Um, because logistically, it's very challenging to implement uh, a, a spectator friendly competition with hundreds and hundreds of people, sometimes thousands. Um, but the way that the qualifiers work after you take all those results is now that you're in the championship format, the type of results are different. So you're in a pool of a hundred competitors and you have three days to compete, right? And then you do this, you advance, you advance. And then by the end of the world championships, let's just say my record is like, my overall record is like, I don't know. Wow, that'd be really, I'd have a lot of confidence in myself. I had 20 wins and uh, three losses. That, and that's, that's a pretty good that's, record. And that's your result. And that's your official result. And then, I had individual solve record, like each individual solve that I did head to head, what was my record? Like my mm. total, like if I did five, if best of nine, what was my total record for each of those all combined together? Maybe I did like 200 solves in the entire competition. 
but if I went like 155 and 45, that would have been cool to record, right? Like it doesn't just have to be time, but it's just like yeah. head to head. And then like, of course there's a disadvantage between the top seed and the, the bottom seed, but then you get that like, well, you're going to have a better record to show that you're better, right? But like, these are just yeah. things where I think if we kind of flip how we consider uh, competitions could be run or recorded, uh, I think it could have a lot of potential. Huh. Yeah, it sounds like you're, like you want a lot of the more of the results to be 1v1s. Cause I feel like a lot more sports that are spectator friendly are like that, where you have an opponent and you either like lose against them or you win against them. Um, it has to be on a different track though. Like we have to keep the convention type comps and they have to go up to the scale of like a, you could even have a scale of a worlds to be honest with you. Oh, but actually, I, I would, I would totally love to see a different track. And I, I think Rubik's was trying to do it with Red Bull a little right. bit. I just don't, this hasn't really quite worked yet at the moment yeah. because yeah. Hmm. I feel like one of the draws of the big competitions like worlds is that a lot of people get to compete even though they'll never have, have a chance of winning so okay like in, in a hypothetical situation like maybe your competition there's a hundred competitors do you think a rubik's cube competition could pull several thousand spectators who don't get to compete themselves yes yes because i don't know if oh, i would easy, go to competition easy. well i i mean i just feel like I only go to competitions because I want to compete myself, and maybe like maybe I have a hard time caring as much about like how F Felix does. Okay, no, no diss to Felix, but like, I, you know, I want to see how Felix does, but from the comfort of my own home, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the caveat, right? The comfort of your own home. How does how does billiards work? How does poker work? How does even chess? Chess doesn't do broadcast. Well, they do and they don't. How does yeah. golf work? Yeah, I think right, golf like, golf is like golf is a, probably like one of the most like similar sports, the similar real sports that we can actually pull from. Because in golf, like you know, you you're you just shoot your own score, and whoever gets the best score at the end of the day, and end of the day wins. Or oh, I guess not the like, end of the day, but at the end of the four rounds wins, right? And you know, there are occasionally like other like side events, like for example the majors, right? Like you need to be there. There are certain qualification requirements for the majors. You need to like have so many like top tens or so many earnings or whatever. And then there are other events like, which are like the match play events actually, right? So, and those are not like, th those are like single round and they're, you just play against the other person. It doesn't matter how well you do as long as you beat the other person. So that is, I guess like something right. that's more like going from a, like kind of like everyone is participating to a like head to head, like invitational, you know, it's like really like cutthroat where you you have like the best of the best competing, um, yeah. which is interesting. One one thing I wanted to mention about the uh, about the spectators and stuff. I think for a world championship, I think you we like it is very very feasible for speed cubing to pull thousands of spectators who would not compete, because I think that there are a lot of speed cubers who would just want to attend worlds just to attend worlds to just be there say, and say see you it. Were there and yeah, say, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think the the next worlds that happens, I, I at least I'm like very keen to go to the next world, even though like you know I'm I'm no good, right? I'm just some random dude. Yeah. I might not even compete well, because it kind of might seem like kind of a hassle, right? But just it feels like a different 
it's like a different level of competition. It's different than like your local competitions that you would go to. Cause it's just like, oh, this is like the world stage. You know, things, things happen here. It's really, it really is kind of like our Olympics or our Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did sign up for uh, like Worlds 2021. So I, I'm not here to like say Worlds doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess it's definitely like a mixture of like both that all the top speed cubers are here, and also this only happens once every two years, makes it feel like whatever happens on this stage matters, and we're gonna be talking about it for like a long time after this. And I think that sort of like gravity makes you think like, oh wow, I gotta mm -hmm. pay attention. Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. I, at least I think so. Like, I think that that that's like a big draw to like going to like these like world competitions and stuff, right? Because, for example, like if the Olympics come to your city, right, or even your country. Like, if you miss out on that, then who knows when the next time you're going to host the Olympics is. Like, it, it could be a long time from now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's, like, a draw that's, like, you know, it's, like, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity type thing. I guess cubing is not exactly the same thing. But then again, because Worlds is held in, you know, different places all around the world, there's a lot of travel that's involved. And I think here, again, like, kind of the uh, the average age of the speed cubing community shows again, right? Like, most speed cubers are probably not uh self-sufficient enough so that they can just like sponsor their own trip to worlds usually you, you have to go through like a parent or something for for probably a lot of people um yeah so that's that i feel like where is when it becomes difficult it's like oh am i really gonna take my kid to go go see worlds for an event that they're not even gonna compete in then then you know as a parent you need to you need to reconcile with those things so you know those those are definitely factors uh that i think you know change a lot of things that's like okay like if you're gonna go that's cool like now you get to compete in worlds like that that's a lot better than just showing up and you know just watching other people yeah no definitely i imagine if cubing were as big as like even like the tertiary sports then like the institution would have enough money to sort of fund and invite the top cubers to come so that to the parents, it wouldn't even be a financial decision. Mm -hmm. um, but like the WCA is like entirely just voluntary, so that doesn't really exist. Well, that's what I was I was going to like say that a little bit, like just to clarify. I I clear just to make it very clear. I want the current infrastructure to stay. Like it has to exist for this future. It's just an addition. But like even considering the addition of this sort of hyper competitive format, like, and then you have to ask the question, the WC, not, okay, but the WCA, if they were to do it, right? Uh, if you were to have a hundred people and it's basically an invitational, it's not, you invite the top 100, for example, right? Is that considered an invitational? You, you pick up the top 100 from the qualifiers? Qualifiers, so like qualified times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. consider it let's consider it an invitational for now right and then how are you going to get everyone to actually go because some of those people can't go alone are you going to sponsor the whole you know family and stuff like that right and then or are you asking them to come alone and are like 40 oh. percent of the people not going to show because of that you know like random logistics right i mean is it a problem if if like a quarter of the invite invited people don't show up because that's sort of what happens with worlds and like you still get such a lar large percentage of like the top 10 showing up it's still like whoa everyone's here yeah well oh man the, i guess the, like if you're if you're creating like a tournament bracket you want to have 
you want to know the number of competitors before you start. Right. No, yeah. definitely. So like you have to have some sort of guarantee that people are going to show. So that's why I'm going to say like, that's just one financial aspect that you might have to pre-plan for to make sure that the actual product is good. But just, you know, another thing, obviously, um, the WCA is not loaded. This, you know, um, but what I would say is, um, I'm not going to call out the WCA, uh, but I would love to see some sort of idea like this implemented in the future. I'm just like, I'm all game for it. Like yeah. I'm all game for like throwing all your cards at the table and going for like the most hyper competitive cubing competition that is broadcasted to everyone in the cubing community and it can go viral just like how any monkey league can you know go for a million views just like that because it's the most it's the top of the top right and it's hyper competition and it's pressure and then i don't know i i want to ask you guys a random question right if a wca world champion if we had the wca world championships right now and the person wins in the current format they're considered the uh the champion for that event that they compete in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're world so champion. The, the, yeah. WC, yeah. the WCA world champion in 3x3. This is the one thing that I can't figure out. If this format stays the same, then what do we call the person that wins the, the competitive format? So let's say we only, do, let's use 3x3 as the example and the winner of 3x3 in the hyper competition. Do we call them the world champion? And if we do, what do we call the, the other format winner? Because that still has to well, exist, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like since you're the one proposing this new like other yeah. competition, like you're the one who has to sort of like think of the new name. Like, oh, yeah. this is going to be the the chai competition, and the winner is going to be called the the uh, chai champion. What chai champion? Well, what if we did something really funny, like maybe like sports, where the winner is actually named after a former uh, an iconic cuber. So like you have won oh, you oh have won God. the Felix Zemdegs award. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, no, it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but Felix Zemdex yeah. is still alive, and like Felix himself <laughs> could win his own award. <laughs> the winner of the Zemdex award for the third year in a row, Mr. Felix, Felix Zemdex. Zemdex. <laughs> not not Junior, the original. Yeah, the original. I'm not sure why that doesn't happen in other sports. Maybe it's because like the people it's named after are like generations ago or something. Yeah, I think I think for like uh, a lot of those. People that get like award names are usually like Hall of Famers, and I think Hall of Famers. I I think there's like some sort of like restriction that like you know you have to have like played your last game like ten years ago or something like that to even be nominated for the the Hall right. of Fame. Otherwise, like you, you're just not even eligible to be nominated. Um, yeah. So it's, there's no kind of fear that like they're gonna have a comeback and confuse mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. You know after. One after one interesting oh, thing ahead, about the uh, about like multiple champions actually. So this is actually something that exists in shogi. In shogi, they have in the in the professional shogi scene, there are multiple titles that people can hold. Um, there's like the the meijin, which is like the the it's like somewhat like the grandmaster, like the whoever is like the the world champion, if you will. But then there are like other other titles as well. I don't remember all of them, but I think one of them is like dragon, like the dragon king or something like that. And, you know, there are, like, I think five total titles. And so you can have, like, multiple people hold different titles, for example. And those are decided via different tournaments. There, There's, like, different tournaments for the Meijing tournament, for the, the Dragon King tournament, or whatever it is. And those are done via different ways. And there are different people who are eligible for each, for each one of those things. Um, so it's possible that, like, if you have, like, some sort of, like... Uh, 
like some sort of like I guess golf like um, structure where you have like everyone everyone gets to compete and whoever is the top average gets to win versus a more head to head one that's like you know we're gonna invite a hundred people and whoever is like the best out of this knockout round or whatever wins it seems like you could just hold titles right and then that would allow people to hold multiple titles if they wanted to if they were able to as well which would maybe speak to the advantage of like oh like i can beat this person in a head-to-head -head format versus i'm a little bit better in the traditional average of five format maybe yeah yeah well are you thinking of so so like Titles sort of already exist that there's like the square one champion, you know, from 2019. But like when you mentioned the Shogi titles, they sound sort of more flower, not flowery, but like more like they elicit an image like, oh, the Dragon King or something. Like, are, are you suggesting that, you know, uh, you know Max what? Park a, no, no, no. A better way to think champion. about it. A better way. To, well, I have a very uh, clear understanding about this one just because um, I played a ton of World of Warcraft. And then when you did achievements and you unlock certain achievements in PvP, you got titles. Mm. And then, of course, I've been dabbing into chess a little bit. Um, so, like, theoretically, we could take a result, like, instead of the overall winner of the competition, right? Instead of the overall winner um, having some sort of, like, title, you could also oh. do a thing where, like, your head-to-head -head record, if you have a certain head-to-head -head record, you earn this title and it shows up in your profile. Or you can use that title officially. I don't know, unofficially. Yeah, yeah. Like, so theoretically, if the title was Grandmaster, and it's not going to be Grandmaster, by the way. I'm just using something that everyone knows. Grandmaster in chess. You could say, oh, I'm GM Max Park. Ah, oh, interesting, okay. interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think that's something that, like, if you explain it to a, a person, I think that kind of like clears it up a little bit. Like I'm yeah. at yeah. this level. I think I think actually another I... another thing that you could say is it's also similar to it's just a, it's just like a majors, right? Like majors in in golf or tennis, right? Like oh, like I like I currently hold like I am the current champion of like the Australian Open or, or the or like the PGA, you know, like oh. like I like I am the I'm the major champion, right? And then like if you collect all the major champions, I don't know, it's like a Tiger Slam or whatever, right? Or like a grand slam exactly like it allows you to hold like multiple multiple and, and it's just the same thing as the as the shogi titles right oh, those majors are selected clever, yeah. in different ways they're they have different rules they're run by different people and there are different people who are like eligible different people naturally perform better like you know like the doll is like insanely good on clay right but like but the the us open doesn't play on clay they they play on just a hard surface because it's just a different rules run by different people so yeah, so it could be possible that we end up with like a major system and then yeah we just have like these people like won the major and uh, they just get to hold the title until the next year which would be cool i'd be down for that something like that mm -hmm. in oh, fact that would dude, actually that... fit that would actually fit really well with the current wc with the current world's format right because we have world championships which happens every two years and then in the middle you stick a, like another world championship but it's more of like the this invitational format maybe so that people who that that way like you know the average cuber who just wants to enjoy worlds isn't burdened having to go to worlds every year um but then you know for the people who are like really really competitive for the for the upper echelon well i don't want to say that because that sounds like it's like really really high class and forbidden to other people but like for the top speed cubers um you know there's like the secondary competition not secondary there's a second competition where they can be allowed to to hold this title as well and then you know the community can choose like 
which title means more or whatever, right? But give the opportunity to the community to kind of form their opinions or maybe, I don't know. I've, this is like, I don't know how seriously anyone has a thought of uh, the way that, you know, future competition should be held, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It seems like an interesting idea to me, just off the cuff. I think off the cuff, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just curious because I never really heard this, this is like so random, right? If you had to give this hyper competitive format a one out of 10 of interest, not of, not, not of um, practicality, but of interest, what do you guys think of it? I think it would be pretty interesting. Um, I'd be, I'd be I mean, pretty I interested think... in seeing like head to head. I think it would be really fun to watch. I, yeah, I think that um, the fact that Monkey League already exists kind of gives us a, like a litmus test as to like, you know, how people are going to respond. And the fact that they get lots of views is a good indicator. Because like, if you just advertise it as, we're going to do it Monkey League. Okay, I know that Mon Monkey League didn't like, wasn't the first person to do it. But if you just said, but we're definitely, doing an we're, they're IRL definitely Monkey the best. League They're definitely the best right now. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if you advertise, like this competition is real life Monkey League, like in person. I think a lot of people would be like, whoa, like, I want to see that um, because like, you know, I've sort of been following Monkey League for two years and like when it's in person, you know, it's going to be just the next level of mm -hmm. intensity. Well, it's, um, it's good that you mentioned Monkey League again, because we, we did also have this conversation piece about like, why wouldn't an online competition work? So we can go into it a little bit in a super, super competitive, like, landscape um in a setting where we need some sort of validation of results and stuff like that and it doesn't even have to be official results but just validation um a lot of people see in different types of online competitions maybe like poker and then chess i think i've mentioned those two already but they're very popular examples um the way that the the problem or the situation is generated um is through the computer right so yeah the issue is like if you're going to try and cheat the system you actually have to go into and you have to like you know delve deep into the software you know what i mean um but the problem with cubing yeah right now there is not a really foundational way to provide a scramble to a cube and then there is not an easy way to prevent a cuber from prepping their own scramble. And then it is equally difficult to validate scrambles because of that nuance. So, for example, if you're listening, if I provide a scramble, are you R prime U prime? Right? And then I give both cubers that scramble. I have to see them scramble and I have to validate the state of the cube and then they're ready to go. In a more complicated scramble scenario, it is much more difficult to do that consistently and efficiently without any hiccups during an actual um, competition where people are watching. Um, and then it becomes very annoying to deal with when you do try to deal with people that are going to inevitably try to cheat the system. The only way to make it truly efficient is if, say for example, the screen shows two people the same scramble and suddenly the cube is scrambled in a correct state. Mm. And all the cuber has to do is cover, and suddenly all they have to do is cover the cube. Because now in order to cheat the system, they actually have to 
know the scramble in advance. They have to go into the system and somehow know the sequence that the computer is generating on a spot. I it's see. just not going to be. It's that's like, it's like infinitely robot, impossible. Right? Yeah, it's basically impossible, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. It, it's yeah. it's like take take all like all responsibility from the competitor away and like give all responsibility for the integrity of the competition into some piece of software or something that in theory, you know, you, you build well so that it's your people can't just like poke into and figure out what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want another... to go really high tech. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, like I, I was going to move on to the, uh, what do you call it? Like the Bluetooth cubes that can detect what orientation they're in. Mm -hmm. You, I don't know. There's, there must be some way where the cube can say like, I am in this scramble, which matches the computer-given scramble. So I'm going to send this like valid uh, validation certificate token to the mm. like server, which says like, yeah. you know, this is the yeah. correct state. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that could work. That could work. Yeah, I mean, Bluetooth Bluetooth cubes would work that way. So yeah, but then, then that would require every competitor like to use one of them. Yeah. And so so then this is I like know that, like people don't so don't always like. But then again, like if this style of competitions becomes more popular, right? Then competitors will naturally gravitate towards Bluetooth cubes because you know, because it's kind of like that that it's a wall that prevents them from competing, but the wall is like relatively yeah. small, right? Like there isn't that much you need to do. At best you just need, you need to save up a, a couple like bucks so that you can buy a Bluetooth cube. And maybe you need to learn how to like set it up. But those are like relatively like uh, low walls for someone to get into it. But it would be, but yeah, like just having the ability to, to have a Bluetooth cube and verify that like, oh, like this scramble is done in the correct way and just send that back and say like, yeah, this scramble is legit is already like a step up. What's, what is also interesting, I think, is what if we go one step further, right? What if instead of like the Bluetooth cubes where, you know, we're solving with our hands, what if instead everything is just virtual cube? Right. That way, there's no oh. actual physical scrambling happening. All the all of the scrambling is just you know it's just some sequence, right? Which your computer can just run and just display to you. And instead of like uh, having seen... to turn anything with your hands, like you're just hitting a bunch He's of keys. Pressing. Virtual cubes already exist, right? People have virtual cube yeah. records and stuff. So yeah, I was gonna say, uh, like I, I I forget which speed cuber, but like you know they, they were focusing on just virtual and they're getting down to like sub six averages so it, it feels about like you can get to about the same speed with both yeah so i don't know maybe that that's another thing that like maybe if, if cubing ever runs into like the the integrity issue right because in theory there, there are holes yeah. in a lot of the things that we do just because we have to do it on physical hardware we have to have someone actually turn their hands or sorry move their hands so that they can uh so they can affect like you know the plastic of this puzzle but and instead of doing that, if we just hand all that away to a computer instead, we can get rid of maybe some holes in the process. I feel like, well, okay, I feel like it's a few problems, but I'm just like, I'm playing devil's advocate. It's not that like, I don't yeah, actually yeah. believe in it. I feel like one of them is, it's like so much easier to just hack in a rapid string of keystrokes that like you didn't actually press because like you could just write a script mm. that could like screen record and like analyze it and then a computer could like find a solution in 0.01 seconds and then like it would fire like you know like a tool assisted speed yeah run, yeah right? it's a task yeah yeah like a task um and then the other thing is there's like a whole subculture of speed cubing which is like learning the right finger tricks and that would just 
go away instantly because like now finger tricks don't really exist. Yeah, yeah. But there's like, you, you kind of replace it with a different set of finger tricks because maybe people will be like, oh, soon is like awkward to finger, oh, that sounds wrong, like type on a keyboard because it's like, like very far apart. So let's use Nicholas instead. I don't, okay, it's a hypothetical, but <laughs> I think that could be interesting because the solutions might be different because like different algorithms might actually be yeah, friendly yeah. to type. Yeah, I feel like this is probably also another thing that like people who play rhythm games maybe like deal with mm. or like things like Osu, where like you yeah, know, Osu. There's, there's like a bunch of like inputs that need to happen like relatively quickly, right? And you need to be like constantly processing the screen to see what's happened. So it's like a instantly instantly going from visual to like motor capabilities. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It would it would be very different. That's that's for sure. And also probably not something yeah. that we would get to, I don't know, like unofficially it seems like it, it might take a while to get to, but even if like officially, like, I don't know, let, let alone officials. I mean, well, like Carrie, I, I know you said devil's advocate, right? But at the end of the day, you're kind of just, uh, we're all on the same boat here. Like at the end of the day, online competitions are just, there's a lot of roadblocks. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, it's just. Yeah. Just, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And it's specific to cubing. Like, even though I consider cubing as a similar uh, hobby to certain other hobbies that may broadcast, cubing has an inherent problem where currently the software doesn't translate to the uh, scramble state. Now, what, like, I, I want to clarify, the Rubik's Connected actually does that. And Rubik's actually does competitions through the Rubik's Connected. They have their, mm -hmm. they built their own proprietary app with their proprietary cube. Um, which is really nice. It's just um, hasn't developed enough yet. Also, the Rubik's cube connected is all right. Like, per, yeah, like I was a, gonna say it's it's okay. <laughs> like any smart cube is probably going to be a little bit less ergonomic than just a standard speed cube because it has to be holding a lot more technology. Oh, oh pause. Did you try to GAN? The GAN I smart. Oh, no, no, I, I don't. I don't have. Any oh smart my cubes god, right dude! Now. The Ganon I carry is legitimately a speed cube. It is just okay. a cube. Well, the thing is, I have seen like Max Park use one and get fours on it. So yeah. to me, that's enough. The Ganon I carry that. is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, if it is just as good, like someday everyone might just use it. But yeah, yeah, not not yet. Not yet. Um, well, I, okay, so. That was sort of like the online um, competition bit. I, I don't know if you guys had anything um, you wanted to discuss about future competition state, but I had something else in mind. Um, but I don't. I, I wanted to save it just in case you guys had something else because sure. it's kind of yeah. relevant, kind of not relevant. Okay, okay. One thing I wanted to. I guess we we let's let's try and cover both. Um, one thing I wanted to ask. So you know, pulling back from like you know, will will competitions go online and stuff? What about, and you know, we're still talking about technology. What, what do you guys think like the next technology that will come that will like help out in-person competitions? You know, because one of the things that I think has been talking about, people have oh. been talking about for a long time, right? We still use paper scorecards. In 2022, oh, that's another one. we're still using paper scorecards instead of using tablets or something. So I don't know, maybe you guys have thoughts? Yeah, yeah, well, okay. You, when you brought that up, I was like, that seems like the easiest no-brainer. Like if, if some company like Moyu just designs a speed stack timer where you could like turn on an like unofficial setting, which would then send like data to a computer, then like you don't even have to keep a scorecard. 
um, like you'd still have to have a judge verify it, but like we wouldn't have to write things down, which mm -hmm. feels very like old fashioned. We wouldn't have to lose scorecards. We wouldn't have people <laughs> illegibly oh, writing like, like nines as like, ones. That's a one or or, or seven? sevens? Oh my goodness. There are so many people who don't understand like how to write scorecards and they'll just like yeah. do, oh, they'll just scribble God. something down, not realizing that like just because you wrote it down, like someone still needs to go read that and input that data oh, into God. WCA Live, right? So it becomes an official yeah. result. Can can we can we sidebar for a second tangent? <laughs> I haven't done one in a couple episodes. Um this is a PSA. If you are Ooh. judging <laughs> For the love He's of angry. God. He's angry. Do you guys... Okay. Maybe not that many people are in data entry. But... Be a little bit more... Is it sympathetic or empathetic? Empathetic. Like, those guys have to read everyone's handwriting, input the number, and literally in logistics of keeping organization. Um, one, because of a clerical error from the data entry person. But two... We have a person double check scorecards because of bad handwriting. Yeah. Liter we have rules yeah. because of bad handwriting. And you'd think that would help the situation, but no. So PSA, Wait. have empathy and please, please make sure your handwriting is legible. Like those fours yeah. do not have to be so scary close to a nine. Yeah, and please. vice versa. Yeah. Please. Your sevens do not have to be sevens. ones. You could clearly make a seven, a seven. It's very easy. All you do is take. It's the same thing. If you want to write the one with the top hat, I do. I I write the ones like that. If you want to write your sevens, do that. But then just put a line in it. That way, you, we line know it's a seven because it can't be a one. Then the ones don't have lines in the middle of them. At least not, not not the ones that we all know and love. Well, I don't know if we love them, but the at least the the common one does not have a line in the middle of it. So, it is procedure yeah. to do uh, double checking for data entry and. In, depending on how you do it and depending on who's judging that day like say for example we have a stack of this many scorecards like this could all be like things that we had to edit and that's a yeah. lot of scorecards and that, that's for a local person comp. Went, you know that's and for a local comp. we got they gotta do Good. this for worlds they gotta do it for worlds a data dungeon shout out to the data dungeon people at the wca worlds like <laughs> they, oh they, they have an entire team dedicated to this right so that, that's what i'm saying right like you know, we, we, in the in the day of age, you know, a lot of things are becoming like more and more like technologically advanced, right? But there's an entire generation of kids that are just the iPad kids, right? Clearly, like figuring out how to use an iPad, it's not that like difficult. The writing's not as good. Um, yeah. But like, you know, so what, what, what would it take, do you guys think, to bring some of that technology over into a keeping competition? And then how do you think it would like actually like manifest itself? You know, Carrie already mentioned like some sort of like smart timer, right? But that, that seems like that will require like some sort of manufacturer to do something about it. Like, you know, write up an entire API. It seems like they're gonna need some like software people to say like, this is how we want our timer to interact with your computer so that we can have official results or whatever. But what if the WCA were just to go out there and make a, make a smartphone application or make a tablet application, right? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking like, even if no one makes a smart timer, all everyone is ever doing when they like act as a judge and write down the time is like looking at the time on the speed stack timer so what if we just had an app where you just like had your phone and you just took a picture of it and oh. then it would like show it would like zoom in on just the number and then when you'd have when you did that five times you would just it would show like five little windows of the numbers Whoa. and then you could like run ocr on it because like this is pretty reliable 
And then like the computer would instantly know what the digits are. And actually, if you don't trust the OCR, right? Just get the judge to verify the OCR. Maybe maybe it reads yeah. that at eight as a zero, right? And then the judge sees, oh no, that that's definitely an eight because the judge the judge needs to read those numbers anyway. So the judge can themselves can yeah. just can just verify, or forget the judge, right? Even the data entry person can just verify and see like, okay, yeah, like this this was clearly a zero or whatever. It would definitely like make yeah. uh, make some jobs a lot easier, right? That way, the judge can just focus on their job of delivering the cube properly to the to this competitor, and you know, making sure that like you know they're they're like keeping time uh, inspection time, you know, making sure the competitor doesn't like stop the timer in like weird ways. Are you guys yeah. familiar with how Bluetooth works? Like, um, like the I, maybe I should contextualize this a little. If a timer has generic, um. Bluetooth so uh, hardware, right? If you connect it to an application, can that application software record the data it's sending, regardless of whether or not the actual hardware can record anything? For, the, the, the way that I mean to explain this is if the timer cannot save times in its database, in its small little like motherboard, right? Can the like software still save and take the input from them you know airdrop? You write the code correctly you know airdrop sure, yeah airdrop yeah. is based on bluetooth and airdrop is just writing files that's really all it, what, it, what it is so but airdrop it's because when we airdrop something um the computer saves it right well like if you if i want to airdrop something to you not not that i could because i, I don't have an apple device but if i want to airdrop something to you right all, all it's doing is it's opening up a Bluetooth communication. It's saying, hey, like, let, let's communicate. And then it's like, I want to send you this thing. When you hit accept, it just sends that over the Bluetooth. So if that's the case, like, if all that works, actually, timers have a standard save time function. Because timers actually have, like, a time one, time two, time mm -hmm. three. We just never use the buttons because yeah. we always calculate our averages with CS timer or whatever, cube desk. Um, but... If there was a standardized Bluetooth timer with no specific uh, additional uh, features that we don't already have, if you build the software to save the input when it connects, right? So like I stop the timer, it says 10 flat and it saves the input via Bluetooth. Yeah, that, that would not be too and difficult. And then it uploads. Because like, just, the software can control all of that like communication, right? Like saving the info, and then that would be the way that uh, times are transferred. So it would require a mic yeah. it would require some sort of microprocessor on this because it needs to store that it needs to store that somewhere first of all, and then it needs to take that data and then it needs to say, hey, send this data to the Bluetooth to the Bluetooth transmitter, uh, and then from there, you know, it can it can handle like okay, like this is the address I need to send to. Open up a link. Uh, make sure that the link is uh, connected. Send the data. Make sure that there is no like weird like packet loss or anything like that. But that that would require a microcontroller inside these things. And these are already for some reason very expensive. So, I mean, I feel like the the price of the timer is going to increase pretty significantly if it needs to have some well, sort of like intelligent Bluetooth capability. The only reason why I framed that question in that way is because I mean Bluetooth timers exist already. Uh, we have the uh, the GAN timer. And it's, you know, from what it's worth, it seems like it's very good. Uh, right now, it's proprietary. I think you can only link the Bluetooth to their app. But um, oh. I think, I think. I'm not Jailbreak. sure. I don't have one myself. <laughs> Jailbreak. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I mean, like it kind of makes sense, right? Because because like uh, I I don't know exact. I've never made anything in Bluetooth, but I it, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of like handshaking protocol that you need to like set up specifically for these two devices because I feel like because I don't know how secure Bluetooth is also, and security could also be a concern, right? Especially since you know Bluetooth is like a very like, common common communication protocol. Like basically everything we have can communicate through bluetooth right so you'd want to make sure that you don't have any like uh we, we don't want any charlies yeah we don't want any charlies listening in, in to the alice and bob uh communication yeah um yeah, yeah I, I mean this is a case where if, if what charlies are listening in like <laughs> i feel like it's not super sensitive information but i mean still Security is important. Yeah, we want to make sure Charlie isn't listening and Charlie doesn't modify the... Uh, yeah, if he modifies, then suddenly... Then uh, then Charlie matters. Then suddenly Kerry Huang wins uh, World Championship 2023. Yeah, it could it could happen, right? Yeah, that, that, then yeah. we'd have a big scandal on our hands. Yeah, and then like, they'd be like, wait, he's a computer science degree. That must mean something. But yeah, I but... Think about it. Yeah, yeah go no, I think about it more and more, and the more I think about it, like, even if we had all the the linking of the timer to the software, the software to the website, like, all of that link, like, just to even trace, like, which time is to which competitor, right? Like, how would you know that this 10-second flat is to right. Manu, right? You'd have to, like, the way that I'm probably, like, maybe there's a better way, but you have to assign a timer to a station and assign a person to a station, and then all of, like, those are going to be logistically... Maybe not challenging, but new. So mm -hmm. I'm just yeah. thinking of things and like the way that comps are done right now, like we had the conversation about convention versus hyper competition, but the, the way that comps are run, like it's not terrible. It's just no. handwriting sucks. Yeah, it's, it's just handwriting. <laughs> yeah, it, that's it. Kind of feels like an old fashioned way of doing things, but it's not broken. True. There, if it there, ain't broke, yeah. Don't fix it. I there, mean, it is broken because of like bad handwriting. <laughs> there is this thing, and uh, it's pretty notorious in the Cuban community. Um, and unfortunately, if I say this, Speedstacks will never sponsor our podcast. But I mean, the other reason that this conversation is ever brought up is because Speedstacks timers are trash. Ah, is it because they, they reset? Yeah, like, they just reset. They just, like a lot of other things. They just do things. Like they do all sorts of things. <laughs> like, and like you ask anyone that lives in the Rockies, and so, for some reason the static affects the timers. Just like that's why just a oh. bunch of a bunch of dumb stuff. That's why so, I've never heard of them like sponsoring a YouTuber. So I, I don't. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a joke. But yeah, that's the other reason why this conversation is even brought up because the well, the hardware that we're using is often unreliable. I mean, I, I find it like crazy that we're still so reliant on the speed stacking community. Yeah. And I know that like Moyu and Gan have like created their own timers, but they just haven't been like adopted in widespread yeah. competition yet. Not yet. I think it's like patent related for the most part. Um, yeah. But like, I, I would have my doubts whether or not those timers are even better than the speed stacks ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, until the technology sees a significant uh, until it sees like a significant improvement i mean it's we're, we're all stuck they're all basically the same right so anyway yeah. uh i think we uh, let, let's end that one for the sake of time and then chai you said you had a, another thing to touch on 
Yeah, I, I did want to touch on it because I remember this is one of the car stories. This is Aww. one of the, the ideas brewing in the car. And when you were talking about the majors in golf, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm going with yep, this Yep, yep. So, um, and this is not to really modify the way that competitions are currently won, but in addition to the experience of a convention type comp. So really, the way that it works is the way that we're thinking about hosting comps in the future is we made comps kind of like, I mean, the West Coast Cubing Tour, when they organized it was kind of similar, but really have um, a leaderboard for uh, competitions that are run or sponsored by the area. So for example, West Coast Cubing, if we were to host competitions and you were to attend West now that I think about it, why am I not doing this with West Coast Keeping? That is literally, <laughs> I should, I should literally just start it now. Like this idea is like almost, it's not almost foolproof, but it's really cool. So you have a leaderboard for your, for your area. West Coast Keeping, each time West Coast Keeping does a competition, right? Um, you, if you place at a certain placement, you get X amount of points. And then at the end of the season, yeah. you get like a small little prize or recognition and stuff like that. And then you get to say that. Um, some competitions are like tiered in, in terms of like which competition gets more points, for example, like, or they could be considered the majors in golf. Whereas like how many majors are there in a year versus how many competitions? Four majors. And there's a, basically a, a tournament every week, at least yeah, one tournament every week. Yeah. Four majors that get you more points, uh, just like the big competitions. Right. And then the local comps that get you the points, but attending those local comps can matter. Right. And they get you points. If you place, um, 16th place in three by three in a comp in Arizona sponsored by West Coast Cubing. Not that that's actually happening. Uh, you get three points towards your leaderboard, right? And I think that's a fun little mix of uh, the online competition qualifier type format. Um, yeah, kind of how Cubing at Home did it too, Twisty Puzzle Cup. Uh, just a fun little mix and just an addition to the current competition experience yeah i think circuits could i think circuits are very very interesting because circuits exist in like many many other sports right um the one yeah it's i guess this is not exactly a sport but like uh recently smashed did a smash world tour event where they had a bunch of like small local qualifiers um and then they would all like build up towards the the final event uh that was held and they also keep like a they keep like a leaderboard, which is, I think they call it the PGR, uh, the Panda Global Rankings, and then those are also affected by points that uh, vary based on like how well certain people do against other people and like how many like uh, PGR players they beat, things like that. Uh, I guess it works somewhat similarly to um, somewhat similarly to like you know the college football playoff rankings, kind of like that. Um, and then the, there are even other things like in golf there golf has this format exactly actually uh, golf uses the FedEx Cup points to do the exact same mm -hmm. thing uh, every single every single week there's a there's an event based on how well you place you get a certain number of points and at the end of the season uh, based on the number of points you get uh, you get invited to the FedEx Cup playoffs and the playoffs are you know they're the playoffs there there's four weeks um every single i think every single week they eliminate like 25 percent of the field um and at the end at east lake you know the winner takes home like 10 million dollars right so <laughs> obviously so cubic cannot do 10 million dollars not quite yet oh, oh, or looking for rich can investors can we hey, or you, can we hey, we are looking for investors guys if you're a rich investor and you have no clue what to do with your money i got you i know i i'll we, put it to good use yes i swear yes cubers live uh, dms teach, please 
teach Elon's child the XEA12 person to speed cube and then Exactly. Then then we're set we're set forever. We have oh, we have endowments now. Um But yeah, oh, no, that that would be very interesting. Uh yeah, Carrie, Carrie, what do you think about like uh, circuit like competitions? Oh no, I like it because um, you know, growing up I played a lot of Mario Kart and within that video game they would like give you like 15 points for first place, yeah. and, like, 12 points for second place. So I think like a lot of kids like me who grew up in that era are already used to that idea. Mm -hmm. In fact, like someone could just take the WCA database without even changing the competitions and like write code to calculate that. Yeah, they could literally create a leaderboard. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure that there would be some balancing stuff that needs to happen, right? Like, let's, what if happens if you win if you get first at a competition that has three people, right? As opposed to if you get first at Worlds. Yeah. Of course, there's probably some balancing stuff that needs to happen, but I don't know. I think it could be it could be interesting. We experimented it with uh, with Twisty Puzzle Cup. I thought it was pretty fun, um, and it clearly works for other sports. And since cubing is, you know, it's not always about like the head-to-head, -head, right? At least like the current formats. Um, so it seems like this way you can incentivize people to like do the best that they can be or do the best that they can do without necessarily like, oh, I need to defeat this opponent, right? So I need to prepare for this opponent or whatever. It's, it, I don't know. It seems like it could really foster a, uh, like a more of a self-improvement grind. I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe that this is all rubbish. No, no, no. I agree right. completely. That's, yeah. uh, I don't know why I didn't even implement that the first few <laughs> West Coast Cubing comp. Because, I mean, that's what we did for Twisty Puzzle Cup. I forgot that we had the conversation first. Yeah. And then we actually did it, just not in a real competition. We just did it in online. Yeah, but and you know that it, that had it, its like yeah. its own issues and stuff. But you know, given I, I think like that test run was was pretty promising. I think that there were, like, it, it, I feel like it could scale. Um, yeah. To shout out to Maddie Hiroto Anaba. What? Did yeah, you I think Matt, Maddie kind of winning. Maddie kind of destroyed Twisty Puzzle Cup. He, he yeah, he good. literally yeah. dominated everything. He was too good. Um, <laughs> too good. But yeah, I think uh, that's a pretty good point to wrap up this episode of the podcast. We talked about a lot of stuff today. Very, uh, very productive podcast. Uh, unlike, uh, you know, some of the other podcast episodes have been a little bit more, uh, let's just say, off the cuff. But uh, mm. yeah, I thought this yeah. was a great episode. This one was good. Yeah, I and agree. if any of these things become implemented in the future... It was all because of us. Yeah, we <laughs> we were the ones who came up with it. Only us. We, we publicized it. Um, yeah, and maybe, hey, maybe this inspires you to write some software. Or, I don't know. Maybe you'll be the next one to come up with uh, something cool. But if you do, please credit us. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's fine. But yeah, with that, with that, I think uh, we will wrap up the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hey, like goes a long way. Leave a comment down below. What, what did you think? Uh, we always want to know more about uh, if the podcast was good or not, what, what, what we could improve, what things you really, really liked, what things you really, really hated. Uh, as long as it isn't just like, yeah, I hate that you guys are doing a podcast. That's kind of something we can fix. But uh, <laughs> we're going to just we're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Constructive yeah. Cons criticism. Welcome. Thank you so much for Comment watching. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, yeah, and, and I leave a comment of the, your favorite timestamp of the whole podcast. Sure. Like which one? I don't know. Which one had a, you on your edge of your seat? Just comment a timestamp because like you can make you can collect data with that. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. yeah, I've been Manu. This has been uh, Michael and Carrie, and uh, yeah, we're signing off. Episode seven in the books. Later. Yeah.
Peace. Goodbye, everyone. Ta-ta. Goodbye.